I don't think I could be a radio host, uh, morning radio host, because I can't get up early in the morning, and I don't think anybody realistically has that type of energy without that. Or... Hello, welcome back to the Tape Dead podcast. My name is Rob Mora. Today is May 8th, 2020. Um, although I should probably just stop giving the year, because I think people want to forget that it's this year. Um, how's everybody doing? I'm doing personally well. Right now it is super hot in Seattle, and... Uh, I'm taking that uh, brief moment to go out and enjoy the sunshine while I still can. So that's really nice. Um, we only covered a, couple, uh, covered a couple of releases uh, this year, this year, this week. Um, talked about the uh, new Car Seed Headrest record, which if you haven't listened to it, give it a shot. Um, Car Seed Headrest is not my f- personal favorite band, um, although I did listen to Teens in Denial in 2016 and it sort of made me want to quit music altogether. Because it was exactly what I was trying to do, and then I heard it, and I was like, "Oh Christ, man! People have got it's 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 almost it's so inspiring. It's a little demoralizing. I don't know. It's a paradoxical feeling. I don't know if anyone's felt that before. But suffice to say, Will Toledo, talented guy, talented songwriter, talented collector of people to play his music as well. Making a door less open is uh, his newest record, and uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, it has some really great songs. I think Weightlifters is really cool once you get past that weird droney part in the beginning. Can't Cool Me Down, obviously, we wrote about it in the lightning round, it's a great song. Um, there Must Be More Than Blood, banger, seven and a half minute banger, and I know that Car Seed Headrest are known for long tracks like that, doing really well. Um, and then there are some really strange decisions, like uh, that stretch between Hollywood and him remix, and uh, some other strange decisions. Uh, I, I can't help but feel like it's one of those instances where somebody is in a position where they are forced to make this record. No one's really forced unless you're under contract, but you know, you play a bunch of shows and the pressure gets to you and eventually you just feel like you need to put out something even if you're undergoing writer's block and you can only sort of chalk it up so much to a particular concept that you're willing to sell to the masses, you know? I don't know, I get, I get so unfairly skeptical about certain, you know, productions like that, just because I've seen it so often since I've been paying attention to music at the beginning of last decade. So, who knows? Um, there are still some great tracks on the record, and I think it's also one of those things that's gonna be a little bit of a dark horse in their catalog, so if you're into Car Seat Headrest and you want to see them do a little bit of a strange decision and you're willing to put up with some weird decisions uh, sonically, um, go check that record out. Um, I still thought it was pretty cool in that one standing. And then also, if you've never heard of Adeline Hotel, um, it's a project by Dan Nishkawi. Oh, I really hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, and uh, company, uh, they put out a record called Solid Love that we reviewed yesterday. Just a wonderful, great, really, really sets the mood for the rest of the season because it's really warm, but also it is, it feels a little bit like, a, I've, I've heard the term season changing before, and I think it fits that really well, because it's a slow record. Um, we mentioned not a lot of tracks go above 90 BPM. Um, there's, there's steel guitar, there's saxophone, there's uh, keyboards and harmonies, and it's really great. It, it does sort of, it is kind of like twinkly a little bit like the War on Drugs, but it's also sort of dusty old country, all like early Wilco. You know, really, really good stuff. Go check that out. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to do. I've been sort of getting into 
uh, journalism pieces um, lately. Um, I sort of want to. I sort of want to be that kind of person that doesn't just cover music because I think it is kind of puff PC and kind of superfluous. Uh, I do want to get into stuff, and I wanted to write an article or do a podcast on uh, this new act called 100 Gex, which no doubt you've already heard of them or about them. If you haven't listened to their music yet, obviously you should, uh, but I don't know how you're going to feel about it because the response is controversial, uh, to say the least. It is... They're, they're, they're labeled as an experimental duo, but I think experimental only in the sense of almost like this weird super musical uh, sense in that they're willing to combine a lot of sounds and structures that I think it comes across as experimental when you listen to it but to me it's definitely more couched in it could easily just be forward-thinking pop music Um, and by forward-thinking I mean in terms of they're taking trends and pushing them forward not necessarily like this is where we want music to go because Good God, I hope that's not where music wants to go. That's a burn. I'm sorry. It's a read. Um, it's essentially... I think the reason why people find them so controversial is that there is this weird positive response to their music where their music essentially consists of a whole bunch of genres that were once reviled, not even in the distant past, like pretty recently. I remember being a teen in the late 2000s and hearing... Uh, Bands like Broken Side uh, try to do stuff and, and people being like, what the fuck is this shit, you know? Or like early Jeffree Star when he was doing his music career. And uh, and, and and there is, I mean, it's all auto-tuned, obviously. It's all auto-tuned, all the speaking parts are auto-tuned. The, the music itself is, it's, it's, worst interpretation would be grating, completely grating, because the trebles are always cranked up and, um, but, but it is kind of like, if, if that kind of music is junk food, then, then A Thousand Gex, which is the album that they're sort of basing their reputation on, is, like, past that. It's, like, simple, refined sugar, you know? It's, like, literally, like, if you crushed up a toxic shot candy. Uh, and so, I mean, it's calling to, to mind all the old discussions we used to have about what does taste mean in this regard? Like, am I, it, it, am I putting too much faith in music if I say I don't like this, like, are people just liking it because it's arbitrarily terrible and they feel that it's cool to like it? Is that the whole hipster thing again? Or is it actually, like, good music and, you know, you're, you're putting too much stock on what serious music is if you don't like it? I don't know. It really is calling to mind. I think it, for some reason to me, it's the type of music that I feel like shouldn't be as popular as it is right now. I feel like the discussion is more important than what the actual music is. All I will say is that Dylan Brady and Laura Les are both very talented musicians. It's not like this is the only type of music they could potentially make. There's actually a lot of imagination in all of these pieces. Um, And despite myself, I actually really enjoyed the record. Uh, That being said, I think, again, it's kind of a little like Kanye West now. I feel like the discussion is more important than the actual music itself. Um, So I do want to do like a like a like a, a history thing where we go back into, into certain topics and, and and music that's very similar to this type of boundary pushing music and, and see if there's any analogs and whether or not history is repeating itself. I think it'd be really interesting. But who knows? Um, if you're the type of person who wants to talk about that sort of thing, I would love to have you on the podcast. Uh, shoot me an email, tapedickpodcast.email.com at gmail.com. Imagine there's a site called email.com for your email. Uh, whatever. Guys, 
we need to get into this interview today. And I, I do say it's an interview because it's one of the rare interviews that I do on this podcast. Normally I feel like, oh, well, listening to a band talk about themselves is not maybe the most interesting in the, thing in the world, unless you're that type of act. But this is that type of act. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands operating my, right now. Maybe you heard of them, maybe you haven't. You should hear them. And I will post some of their music uh, in the description of the podcast below or wherever you're listening. The band is called Cheekface. Uh, they're based out of LA, and uh, they do really dry indie rock with a great, um, it's, it's really great lyrically, it's catchy, it's inventive, and I think it fits the times perfectly compared to a lot of other bands that I've heard trying to do the same material. And I'll mention in the interview, but um, we've got Greg Katz, who is the uh, lyricist uh, and frontman of the band. Uh, the, the whole band writes the songs, but he's the guy who sort of doles out the lyrics, which I think is super cool. Um, He's a fascinating guy. I think he's a great interviewee. I'm sure you guys are going to love this interview. Um, so without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure to check out all of our content at tapedeckpodcast.com. Uh, check out our Patreon if you feel like subscribing. We've got extra content. We've got cool retrospective reviews, early access to the podcast. Uh, you get a shout-out on the podcast if you want it. Um, I've still got some shirts as well, so I'll be giving those out. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. I hope you guys have a good Friday as well. Stay safe out there. Love you. Today with me on the podcast, I've got Mr. Greg Katz of the LA band Cheek Face. Uh, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, Greg is... Uh, vocalist for the band cheek face um part runner of the cheek face social media host of the podcast cheek face tonight and proud seller of cheek face merch you got it um a lot of hats yeah (laughs) (laughs) at least as it involves cheek face it's true and it's i mean each one of those parts sounds like it's a lot of work you know i'm assuming because it is uh it's it's all fun so yeah exactly uh, it's good as long as it's fun you know yeah we definitely started this band on the premise that if it wasn't fun we just were not gonna bother yeah thank god right but then so many people enter that point and then get to the point where it's like this isn't fun and then there's the pressure you know the pressure to continue to do you know whether or not you've got a fan base or whatever right well there's there's (laughs) challenges there's like parts where it's like oh we'll be, be able to do this which are like they you know you have to use your brain a little bit more or your physical person a little bit more but um yeah but yeah i mean like the stuff where i'm just like oh god i just do not want to do that we just don't do mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, that's good that's why we've never made a music video <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right you guys have not made a music video yet yeah people always ask like when are you gonna make a music video i'm like never because it's i've made them before and it's not fun <laughs> yeah yeah oh i feel yeah some bands just it's not for them I don't know. I never when I I, I did my own small stint into music and uh, I never thought that doing a music video was the right call. I know there are some bands I interviewed a band. uh, Oh, God, it was two episodes ago, but it it was two months ago, I think. And uh, a member of theirs does music videos. So they're super cool with doing their own stuff. You know, to each yeah, his own. I mean, if there's a part of your brain that's like, I love directing music videos and starring in them, then like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. All I'm saying is that I. <laughs> Oh, it's such a great attitude to have in 2020. It's that I'm cool with me. You be cool with you. Do what you do, you know, um, to a point, I should say. Um, so 
I think part of the critical, if you guys haven't listened to Cheek Face before, um, part of the critical reason why um, their fan base is so rapidly expanding is it's like a mixture of, it's like cool, I hate to, I hesitate to use that word indie rock, but I think it's, there's no better description. But it is like dry, there's social commentary involved, it's humorous, I think, and, and, and it hits the nose better than so many other bands I've ever seen. I mean, for me personally, over the last couple of months or so, um, PR campaigns and, and, and email messages have ramped up for this site, and I get messages all the time from agents and and members themselves who are like, hey, we're doing this stuff and uh, and it's social commentary and you should check it out. And I listen to it and I'm like, mm-mm, but it's not cheap for me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I haven't heard a lot of bands that have done it as as accurately to what is happening right now. Just the mood of it, I guess. I don't know. And that's maybe a hackneyed compliment. But, yeah, you know, I, I, think, will, I think it's accurate. I will accept any compliment hackneyed or... <laughs> Might as well, yeah. You know, you know what? Just continue what complimenting us. <laughs> sure. I'm just. I think your hair is great. Here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Man, you got you smell good through the computer. Hey. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> um, what I so my big question is, what made you guys decide to write the kind of music that you're doing right now? Because anybody can write any. I mean, I'm assuming you, you listen to every kind of music. Anybody can listen to any kind of music and and start whatever kind of project you want. Is there any reason why you guys were compelled to write and do the, the stuff that you're doing right now? Why it's like this weird mixture of of dry indie rock mixed with dry kind of social commentary, if that's the best description for that's it. That's a really sure. interesting question. Um, there was, I think, when we when Mandy and I started to write songs together, which was in like mid-2017. Uh, Halcyon Times. Yeah, we were kind of like it was post a presidential election. And I think we felt strongly that anything that we were going to write needed to, uh, dialogue with the despair and Mm. panic that was occurring Mm. at the time. Um, that was being driven by the background, uh, noise in society. And I think that there was just no way to, avoid or ignore that and make something that felt true or authentic. Then I think as we kind of explored the sonics of what we wanted to do, as we like started to write and make some songs, we kind of were going in these post-punk and pub rock directions. Um, Pub rock. That's that's a good description. Where like um, where, you know, there was in, I guess, you know, mid seventies, late seventies, there was this like really deep echo of Bob Dylan throughout all music from the U S and the UK. And it was kind of like, you know, you are either, you are either, uh, taking, taking what you like from Bob Dylan and running your own direction with it, or, uh, intentionally (laughs) doing the opposite of what Bob Dylan did. And, uh, (laughs) and I think that like, you know, uh, toying with those, like, uh, directions in uh, English language music from that time, from the music that we were kind of vibing on to to write sonically, um, yeah. you know, it was kind of impossible to uh, to ignore. And like, I mean, I was like going so back to basics that I was like listening to like subterranean homesick blues and being like, how does that song work? Like, what is it about that song that makes it 
such what it is. And, you know, there's been so many other, like that song has obviously rippled through um, society so many times over that it's like, you know, um, that it's, it's influence is almost like sneaky, but there's so many like subsequent, like pub rock, post-punk, new wave, college rock, indie rock, DIY songs that like, you know, contain their, their echoes of that song. And, you know, what is it about that song that it's like, it's, it's personal, it's silly, it's dark, it's mean, it's angry, like, you know, uh, and, uh, and it just has just totally no regard whatsoever for melody. There is like melody here and there, but it's incidental. And Mm. so, you know, there was like, I think that, you know, I mean, obviously, like you listen to the Velvet Underground's like, you know, early records and Lou Reed's solo records. And it's kind of like, you know, that's just all a response to to like, what did I what was it about Bob Dylan that was speaking to me? <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's so many bands, obviously, like influenced by the Velvet Underground who were like, you know, retranslating that like then it was jonathan richmond and then it was talking heads and you know and and on and on through you know multiple cycles of iteration um i think we really wanted to embrace the feeling of those influences and you know so uh there was something where you know not not calculated or machining just like we like this music on a really deep level and just wanted to embrace the influence and um and try try to interact with it and be part of the the lineage and conversation through all of that music over Mm. you know that uh that span of time so um so yeah there's something there's something really fundamental about some of those uh seminal old influences um in and what and what we do and you know i think that um also i listen to a lot of hip-hop and i feel like most people do And it makes it sound, you know, when you listen to something that's super melodic next to a rap song, like without question, the rap song will sound cooler and you'll just listen to more rap songs because like rap songs are cooler. Um, And so I thought like, I think we, you know, we're sort of feeling like we want to harness the, the coolness of talking (laughs) Um, and (laughs) not, not embrace the corniness of stuff that's overly melodic. Um, even though like I, I love to write a melody and, uh, certainly like in some of our songs, I think the, uh, melody aspects are, um, like will beat you over the head, but, um, but we really do like the, the talking aspects and how kind of like, uh, how that just makes you feel good when it hits your ears because there's just like such a strong, um, just such a strong lineage of talk singing through like American music culture historically. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think you really hit the nail on the head, you know, as far as older influences, it's always, it's always a weird bit of a trap for me because um, there, I see so many people like they'll go to those iconic acts, like, like the Velvet Underground, like you mentioned, like um, Bob Dylan, like the Beatles, you know, old bands, and then they'll take the wrong things from them. Like they'll just be <laughs> like, oh, we, we, we just need to sound like these people. And, right. but it's such a dated reference. What, and, and, but what they should be taking, like you mentioned, is, is what is examining what made those songs work. Cause those songs obviously worked in a way that caused hundreds of thousands of people to be influenced by them, you know, yeah. and studying how they work in a timeless way not a way that sounds in any measure dated you know that's the big trap 
you know? So I think that's a really, really good point is to find that. But then also I didn't think about it. Yeah. I think what makes your band succeed where so many other people might fall on their face is that, that, that hip hop influence, that talking influence. There's also the sense that it just doesn't take itself seriously. And then I think that is, there needs to be an aspect of that today in today's sort of attempts at political commentary and social commentary is that there does need to be sort of a, not facetiousness, but like a light, a lightness to it. Cause once you get too serious, people are just like, eh, well, I don't know. You know right. Yeah. I mean, I actually like, like um, music that's like highly political and like a beat you over the head. Like this it is can what's work, right. For this sure. Is what's wrong. Like kind of way. Um, I, you know, like stuff like that i totally like it usually agrees with me um i like Mm -hmm. protest music um i like music that's just like openly like i'm looking at society here's what's right and what's wrong um Mm -hmm. i think that like just to us as we were writing there especially when we were starting the band and the uh the despair facing the entire world um seemed uh so dark Um, Yeah, it seemed like inserting more darkness into a world that was already so dark um, seemed redundant or boring or obvious. Um, Yeah, you got to counterbalance it. Whereas like embracing that, like the the absurdity of the uh, the I mean, I don't want to say the absurdity of the despair because the despair is real. There's nothing there's nothing weird about the despair. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not despairing, like where are you on this planet but um, yeah that was what was so weird about when when all of that happened early 2017 late 2016 is that people were trying to figure out like well how do we feel about this now is it okay to feel like should we just go on and pretend that everything's normal like it was just the start of a whole new wave of anxiety yeah that i don't think has let up yet Yeah. yeah so i think we wanted to you know like embrace the like existential comedy of the despair uh, because the mm-hmm. despair is real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, and there is a, there is a dark, um, a dark way to it, um, which like, you know, especially like right now, as we're recording this on April 20th, 2020, like, <laughs> is, uh, like, I feel like we are clearly cresting um in like a <laughs> despairing collapse of global human society oh uh, we haven't even that we maybe have, perhaps we've been seeing coming in a slow motion train crash um yeah for the last uh three years um but you know uh i think like just our, our like cheek faces entry point into that is uh is isn't it isn't it kind of funny that all that like the that society and individual life by extension has become such a disaster Uh, it's kind of crazy you know but but in no way you know it's it's like we we want to i feel like we we make light of it from a uh authentic place uh, but in no way do we find it uh find it light yeah you're not making fun of it from a place or rather you're deep despair yeah yeah, exactly. But that's it. That's what works. You know, I mean, there's the old cliche that you sort of have to get through it with laughter, you yeah. know, but then also, I don't know, I think you're right. It's less making fun of it. Because, again, the despair is real. No one's questioning it. There is a difference between laughing at the despair and pretending it's not there, you know, yep. and it's the acknowledgement of that, I think. And, and, and the way you just 
at some point you sort of just got to laugh at it, you know? But then also I think there is, so there's the political commentary, obviously there's, the, or, or there is the backdrop of what's going on politically and socioeconomically and everything. But then I think there's also a novel thing that you guys usually touch on, uh, which is there is sort of the existence of what I like, what I like to call it's a lot of people like to call it the creative class, which I think has sort of bounced up over the last 10 or 15 years or, or maybe after the Great Recession where it's like a bunch of people that just want to make art and then they're all sort of suffering from low paying jobs and like having to content creation and stuff like that. Like the, the, new, the new group of people that are just sort of doing content creation. And I think that a lot of your music or at least a significant amount of that music is sort of entrenched within that sort of culture. You know, where it's like, oh, everything's great. Make this stuff. You got to keep working, you know, haha, hang out with your friends, but your friends are killing you, you know, and and social media (laughs) is killing you. It's like, you know, it's like it's a strange phenomenon that I think goes hand in hand with it that I think it's it's just it's I don't know if that's what you're intending for, but that's what I see in it. It's like, yeah, well, I think it's 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 very um, relatable. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely also something in the in the backdrop of where this music comes from i mean you know we are living in the most bohemian part of the most bohemian city on the planet um true so, yeah you know, the the it's not written against a backdrop of bohemianism it's written against a <laughs> foreground of bohemianism uh, and so you know it would be um it would be silly to not incorporate it it's like right here and you know i think uh the dichotomy between the bleak global and social outlook uh that Mm. are are have descended on us and the frivolity of the um of the bohemianism that like that dances in front of it uh which is like how much of that is compensation is well for the despair you know i mean i I think it's impossible to pull them apart (laughs) um which is why they coexist in in the music uh the way they do yeah um i yeah i think it's just you know that that is definitely that is definitely um what you know that's the canvas we're we're painting on or the um the brushes we're painting with um on on this project for sure Mm. Uh, so I have a, a more lighthearted question, I guess, which is, what is your personal favorite song that you've put out? Or which one would you endorse? Like, listen to this if you want to, if you want to know what the band is about, or, or listen to this if you want to know what I'm trying to do. Oh, my God. Uh... I know, it's a super hard question, and I apologize. <laughs> I always, I'm always fascinated, you know? Um, okay, well, for, for a long time, my favorite Cheek Face song was Here I Was, which is in the middle of the Therapy Island album. Great song. Uh, thanks. Um, it's uh, definitely, I would say, probably the saddest, uh, most openly mm. sad song. Um, it is not very punchy. Um, and I, th- I thought that, that, like, um, that the emotional truth of that song was, was very, uh, very obvious um yeah they like i mean like i felt raw putting it out like almost like nervous like do i want to be this dark with people um so Mm, that's uh, a good feeling to have even though it's a bad feeling yeah i mean i think anytime you're like going to a place of like you know i'm overexposing myself you're gonna show people something that they that some of them feel is is very true um so i guess that was like 
for a long time that was kind of my feeling of like yeah like people like the pop tunes but uh but that one um is really like that one really goes to the heart of what we're doing and what we're trying to say um Mm -hmm. you know uh, but i do like i mean uh, anyone who knows me knows that like i like the poppiest song by every band (laughs) i like the one with (laughs) of course i like the one that everyone else likes i like the one with the like most memorable chorus that you want to sing along to um yeah big head nodding groove that you want to put on when you're like you know driving somewhere with your friends and you know roll the windows down whatever so yeah i mean (laughs) you know like definitely like a couple of the ones i'm i'm really proud of or like i only say i'm sorry when i'm wrong now um which like i remember like getting the that chorus melody and just like it was totally we probably improvised maybe like 25 or 30 like you know melodies for for what would happen in the chorus of that song and we finally got that one with no words um but we were just like we're sitting in the room being like holy shit like whatever words are on this it's gonna be a freaking huge anthem because it's such like, a classically it's, anthemic yeah because yeah. it soars in such a like in such an effortless way um and then like mandy like mandy wrote most of the the words to the hook um and like just like you know we were just like uh like brainstorming like all of these like self-improvement things that you you should do but you don't do um and like uh you know when she was like she was like you should only say you're sorry when you're wrong and i was like i was like ah like that's that's it that's the song that's the song that's the whole thing that's like the first you know that's the first giveaway number that they give you in sudoku and then you can like fill in the rest of the puzzle Um, yep i was like i was like okay like yep we can get the whole puzzle around around love it um and so you know it had a it had a very satisfying um thunk when the like uh when the concept and the melody landed and then uh-huh uh and then like Man, you know people's that. reaction to it and just the amount of like the amount of like knowing uh knowingness that people respond mm-hmm. to it with is like yeah i'm just super super proud of that um yeah yeah so you know the one with the with the big fat groove and the the gigantic hook like that's you know that's my favorite from most other bands so it's so you good know, that's, i can i'll call that one out as my favorite cheek face song personally for me i keep going back to uh eternity leave off of the first sure uh, album i love that song so much i don't know what it is it's just so it's cheeky i don't know it's got a, it's it's got that energy yeah it's I so mean, I, I love it's it that is the song personally for me i'll show to other people to be like hey check out this band you know yeah and i then, mean i you know we wrote that um we went into our practice space as we often do to like you know start some new ideas and as soon as we picked up the instruments the sludge doom band next door started practicing um (laughs) just like and you know it's like any other if you've ever been to any band practice space there's no insulation in the walls there's no insulation in the ceiling there's not the slightest semblance of soundproof so soundproofing so just like this doom sludge band like you know in like drop drop c tuning or whatever just like it just like starts going like <laughs> I, I feel like there is always a sludge doom band practicing right next to you no matter yeah. who you are and we were just like just, we were just like 
damn it, we're not going to be able to write anything today. So then we were like, okay, let's just go to the coffee shop and hang out. So we walked up the street, <laughs> like to the, the far away coffee shop for like a half hour and then walked back and we're like, we're like, okay, like hopefully they'll be done. And like we get back and it still just sounds like a fucking jet engine going. Like, <laughs> and, you know, we're like, okay, well, it's okay. Let's just try and write something while, you know, this noise is going on. And if we get something, okay, cool. And we were kind of like fumbling around with that little um, guitar melody at the top. Um, and, you know, I, I wish I still had the like iPhone voice memo of like, that like plinky little melody over the you know over the jet engine <laughs> roar of like yeah <laughs> doom band from next door um and like we we're just like okay we got something let's declare victory <laughs> and we left um and then i was like listening back to like that plinky guitar part like with the jet engine underneath it like that night yeah. and i was just like uh oh, this is a song we have to finish the song so we wrote it the next day um cool. yeah so that was that was the that was the eternity leave uh genesis cool. story i really love that story yeah well just imagine <laughs> it like if you want you know make your own version where there's just like a low rumble of indistinguishable drop c power chords at about like <laughs> 48 beats per minute underneath it and you know okay. you'll have the original demo i'll throw it in audacity exactly I'll make something like that cool okay um so you guys have put out, I guess, well, I mean, you guys are sort of following the way a lot of other indie bands are doing where it's a lot of single releases, you know? And I'm assuming that a lot of those singles, there's five now, right, since the album came out? Yeah, I there's think? however many there are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. There's a kind bunch of on of one hand, both hands. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming those are going to go towards a new album at some point. I think we'll make another album again sometime. I, I think, like, some possibly most perhaps all of the songs that are out will go on it but i I don't know if we (laughs) determined that yet yeah it's just sort of one of those things where it's like it'll happen it'll happen when it happens like like plans yeah we recorded probably another like 10 12 15 songs besides the ones we've put out so it kind of tests the length of how long you want an album to be um Mm. we've had other you know we've like We've been like, maybe we should make a greatest hits collection or something <laughs> uh, like those like mid like between album Beatles albums uh, where there's like some songs from the previous album and some songs from the next album. Yeah. Um, like the Beatles US uh, albums. So we've been we've thought about doing that. We thought about doing an album. We thought about doing like an EP. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think uh, the next the next thing on the docket is uh, probably to repress the the therapy album. Um, or a music video definitely not the music video (laughs) hate music videos love vinyl we'll definitely make more vinyl before we make a music video um so i wanted to bring up uh one of the things i mean i mentioned i used to be i used to do music i found it extraordinarily difficult because one of the hardest things i found about it was promoting my own stuff on social media and getting it out there and doing the work to do it because there is like a vulnerability aspect but what i'm consistently impressed with with you guys is that not only you guys super active on social media but you are actively working to try and create your own mythos a little bit just like a you've got a twitter page where you've got lyrics that are constantly coming out you know obviously you're plugging the merch you've got spins on different concepts of ways to integrate your band you know and that's just clinically talking about it but uh you guys are just arbitrarily really great at it um and i know that i have a lot of friends who are doing music who are 
who are struggling with that, you know, like trying to figure out, well, how do I promote my band? I don't feel like doing the work in it. Do you have any advice on how to get that done or like any advice to any people who are attempting to, to sort of try and promote themselves in a way that's creative in a way that you guys are doing it? I mean, I, uh, that's, I mean, that's a, it's a tricky question. Um, Mm -hmm. like I find it fun to interact with people and, you know, I follow a bunch of pop singers and you see that they have fun interacting with people too. Like not always. And like, there's plenty of times when I like want to have my head under a pillow for a while. <laughs> and I do. It's hard. Um, <laughs> uh, like, and I, I mean, I would never, you know, when I feel like that, uh, like I'm, those are the times when I am not on, <laughs> on Twitter uh, <laughs> answering people's questions and, and whatnot. Um, Hopefully. But, uh, but when, you know, but like, I don't know, you see other artists and they just like, they like that people like their music and they want to know more about those people and they want to interact with them like on a, on a sincere level. And, you know, I remember growing up how distant artists seemed to feel, except for like a couple artists who, you know, they published their AIM screen name and you could just instant message them and be like, Hey, like I love this song. What is this synthesizer sound? And they'd be like, Oh man, that was this Casio thing that we, you know, had been kicking around and it didn't work. And we had to hold the power cable into it from the back while we were recording it and kept shorting out and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just (laughs) like, it's like as a fan, like as someone who like my entire life is constructed around my love of music and my love of artists and my love of the creation process. And as a fan, that's always meant so much to me. Like, of course, like 99.9% of artists I don't care about um, because I think <laughs> their music is bad. Um, but, for the point, but for the 0.1% where I do care about them, my, uh, my hunger for information uh, is, uh, is, is endless. And, yeah. you know, like I'll watch like Steely Dan album documentaries and like, mm. you know, the guitar player who played the guitar solo on this Steely Dan song talking about that solo and like whatever. Like I can do that for an entire week straight. Um, I can watch Huey Lewis and the News concert movies <laughs> um, <laughs> like for, you know, a seemingly endless amount of time. <laughs> um, and like, you know, so that's. As a fan, I'm just like that. And I know that like, again, like, you know, most people in the world are going to think like my band is terrible, um, which is totally fine. Um, But for the, you know, 0.01% of people who think that it's really great and that it really moves them like, yeah, like I want to I want to be there and talk to them and know who they are and what they're about. Um, I'm not ashamed of uh, of talking to those people. And I'm honestly not uh not part of the school of thought that thinks that artists should be mysterious and secretive. Um, I think if somebody wants to know, I'm going to share. Yeah. It's too hard to do nowadays either. Like there's just so much there's nowadays there feels like this performative aspect to it. Cause if you try to be an artist then then there needs to be some, some semblance of coverage where people are going to not know or, or forget who you are, you know, but then once that happens, it's just, that much harder to maintain the kind of attitude that I think a lot of people who do that kind of music go into feeling that way, you know, like there is like an, an element of introvertedness and like, Oh, I'm just, I want to share my art, but then that runs counter to the reality of the situation, which is that 
self-promotion and like the humanity aspect of it, the, you know, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying this cause I'm saying it, you know, like it just, it does sort of run counterpoint to that. And I think you just sort of can't take it too seriously. Same thing. Yeah, totally. You know, I can't mean, let I, it get into your head. Totally. I, I think one of the other things was that like early on in this project, uh, I think we recognized that this was not going to be a project driven by tastemakers um, <laughs> or like oriented <laughs> towards tastemakers. Uh, yeah. Like we, we weren't going to get any press and we weren't going to attempt to. Um, we weren't going to get on any, you know, streaming playlists and we weren't going to try. Um, so in that case, it's like, where are you going to find the audience? Like you're going to find the audience one by one by word of mouth. And how are you going to stay in touch with the audience when there's nothing on the Spotify playlist and nothing in Pitchfork? Like the way you're going to stay in touch with the audience is by talking to them by, you know, like I, no one wants to interview me for uh, Rolling Stone. Um, but like <laughs> if people want to know like what my, you know, like what my guitar tone was on this one song, like they can ask on Twitter and I'll just answer there. Um, but like, you know, I mean, obviously like not all, uh, not all, you know, publications can have the outstanding taste of the tape deck. Oh, come on. <laughs> now it feels like, I know what it feels like to be complimented. Jesus. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sorry for what I did to you. <laughs> My bad. That's okay. I have, um, I have a lot of past trauma associated with compliments. <laughs> oh, Christ. We could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> um, well, uh, I think that just about does it. I got everything I needed to. Um, before we end this episode, do you, uh, do you want to give any particular shout outs to anybody that, you know, anything in California, anybody you want to shout out? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, shouts out to Mandy and Echo who haven't been in the same room as for quite some time, which is very, very the worst thing ever. (laughs) Um, like my, you know, uh, my other therapy besides therapy is making music and, uh, you know, to have that uh leg taken off of the chair is uh is quite excruciating and yeah uh, feel the negative effects of it every day um (laughs) so anyways long way to say uh miss you mandy miss you echo um (laughs) even though we're we're working on some stuff though we're making uh we're making a cover of uh, adam schlesinger song for adam schlesinger uh my i mean that uh broke my heart in a way that i I'm not going to be able to sum up in, in words. Um, so I'm just going to be like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're making this song and um, I'm excited to be part of that. Um, cool. And uh, you know, we'll have some, we'll have some video, non-music video, video content for the best life single coming out soon. Um, and uh, I don't know, shouts, shouts to shouts to bands, shouts to Guppy. Uh was just like one of my favorite LA bands, Guppy okay. freaking rules. Uh shouts to Rosie Tucker, new Rosie Tucker single out today. Um, mm. you know I'll have to check it out. Oh yeah, so good. Uh Jeffrey Lewis cover, uh the song Arrow, uh from the Ooh. Uh, yeah, from the album uh it's the crack ones that the lights get through. Um, cool. and uh let's see who else? Um oh I just put up a podcast where I talked to Julia from Rat Boys. I, really I, I listened to it. Oh, sick. Freaking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, going on the podcast and talking to people about like how they wrote a song or why they wrote a song. That's like, you know, I, I love that, especially I feel like people don't ask in, in these like hit and run um, blog interviews. Like a lot of times, you know, they're like one a sentence or two. Um, and I'm always like, OK, so like where was this recorded and what corner of the room were the drums in <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's funny because some some people it's you get a varied response. There are some people who love talking about it, and then there are some people who don't want to answer it because they are afraid of being like, "Well, I was just sitting in my room, and then I came up with this melody, and then we got together and we played the song, and then it ended up being right." Like, yeah, you know, there but some I think that, you know, as a fan, those those mundane details are are so cool. That's like, true. Even like, if it is super mundane, there can be if you're a fan. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, uh, we were talking about Julia and I were talking about, I think, uh, alien with a sleep mask on. And she was like, yeah, it was this thing I would kind of like sing into the mic at soundcheck. And I was like, it's a soundcheck song. Yes. Like, you know, <laughs> um, which like, you know, check it off. It's like into it. Like, yeah. In like songwriting bingo, it's like something I made up at soundcheck, um, is like, <laughs> is like on there. Um, and then like, I talked to, um, Sarah Tudson from Illuminati hotties about, uh, you're better than ever. And uh, and she was like, yeah, so, you know, I was just like I had this lyric about my socks and I was singing it in my car and I was drumming on the steering wheel. And I just like got out the iPhone, made the voice memo. And I was like, yes, driving in the car song. Yes. <laughs> Check it off. <laughs> um, Fuck yeah. So, you know, those uh, those are just like those are really fun. And yeah, I think that I don't know, just to to someone who doesn't care about the song, the detail is mundane to someone who is like you know had a bunch of like uh special experiences uh with that music playing in the background it's like it's like wow like this uh i don't know the genesis of this has a special like a special moment of spark to it right. um that like yeah. goes in the pantheon of like songs i started humming when i was in the car or you know songs yeah. i was uh, this little melody i always used to sing into the mic at sound check or or whatever um, yeah I, I don't know like you're right if, if you love like, music you love shit like that that's true it is and it, it's almost about the mundanity of it like sometimes that just makes the whole thing like did you listen to the new fiona apple album uh i have listened to like half of it oh it's so good i mean i wrote a review of it uh yesterday but um i remember reading the genius lyrics because obviously i just sort of wanted to know where it all has come from and i think that's such a, an important point of contention for that particular album and there's this amazing song probably my favorite song of 2020 already calling it called newspaper uh and her her vocals are so powerful and it makes such an impact and then i was reading the genius of it and uh somebody asked her why she why the song is called newspaper and she's like I was sitting at my computer. I don't know. I saw it. It's what the file was called. I saw a newspaper next to me. So I just wrote newspaper. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. You know, that yeah. is the mundanity of it. Sometimes that is that much more important. So I, that, that makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. Greg, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, Yo, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's really fun. Really fun to have this kind of chat. Yeah. And if you guys are interested in listening to podcasts besides mine, go check out Greg's podcast and Cheekface's podcast called Cheekface tonight. High profile guests, super cool discussions, and make sure to check out Cheekface. Uh, they're a great band. Check out all their social media. Um, and as for me, obviously, check out tapedeckpodcast.com for all the stuff. This podcast comes out uh, every two Fridays. And make sure if you want to support us, we've got a Patreon. 
Um, it's a new thing for us. Uh, we put out cool retrospective reviews. The podcast comes out early. Uh, super, super cool. Uh, Greg, thank you again. Smash I hope you guys the Patreon subscribe. Smash button. the Patreon button. It's right Do up it. at the top of tapedeckpodcast.com. It says support us via Patreon. Press your finger into the screen until your computer breaks, and then you have to get a new computer, you know, which <laughs> I, I can't cover that, but, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Have fun being cave people. Goodbye. I'm going to try. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.